From NPR and WNYC, live from the Bell House in Brooklyn, New York, this is Ask Me Another. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, your host for another brain-teasing and pleasing hour of puzzles, word games, and trivia. Later in the hour, we're going to hear some truly negative Amazon.com reviews. We're talking one-star reviews, people, of some pretty good books, and we'll attempt the unthinkable. We're going to play Pictionary on the radio. But right now, let's welcome our one-man house band, Mr. Jonathan Colton. Hello. Hello, Jonathan. We're going to get the puzzle started. I cannot wait. We have our first two fabulous contestants, Caroline Blanchard and Jason Salisbury, standing at the puzzle podiums. Welcome. Hello. Thank you. (laughs) Now, it turns out the two of you are married, even though you changed your last names, clearly, for the point of this show. (laughs) So, and you have a long-standing uh, trivia partnership as well as nuptial partnership. Probably longer trivia than nuptial, but yes. Yeah. That's how the fire of the marriage started, wasn't it? The nerdy fire. The questions. Yeah. <laughs> Jonathan, our first game is called The Hokey Pokey, so I'm guessing this is a geography anagram game that involves math or something like that? I don't know why you would guess that. This is actually a tribute to that classic beloved song, The Hokey Pokey. Oh. Every answer is a two-word phrase in which both words rhyme, like hokey pokey. I will sing you the first two lines, and then you sing the third line using the answer phrase. For example... (laughs) You're a Nabisco snack in a peanut shape. You are a sandwich cookie with a rich peanutty taste. You do the nut or butter, and you turn yourself around. Hey, that's what it's all about. I should say that uh, if, you were, if you were listening at home, you can sing along with the That's What It's All About part. Uh, uh, and uh, please don't do it if you're listening on the subway, because people will think you are crazy. <laughs> and contestants, the winner of this round will move on to our Ask Me One More final round at the end of the show. You're going down. Toast. <laughs> Trash talking already. We haven't even started. You take your doggy out, you let him do his thing, you have to pick it up, so this is what you sing. Caroline. All I can think of the poopy sack. <laughs> Jason. You do the pooper scooper and you turn yourself around. Oh, hey, that's all about. It's good. Car- Caroline, poopy sack does not rhyme, those two things. The Andrew Sisters song Bette Midler sang with joy About the bugle boy And the style he employed Caroline Something about the boogie-woogie bugle boy Of Company B (laughs) (laughs) I mean, those are all correct words If you would like to put them in the style He does the boogie-woogie And he turns himself around Hey, that's what it's all about (laughs) We got there, we got there you turn the handset on, you push the button down, you radio your friends from anywhere in town. Jason. You do the walkie-talkie and you turn yourself around. You sure do. Hey, that's, that's what, what it's, all it's all about. Your bills are counterfeit, so let's make no mistake. You made them all yourself, and they're absolutely fake. Jason. 
You do the funny money and you turn yourself around. Hey, that's what it's all about. I just want to point out, you should not try this at home because I have a B.A. in music. So it's the only reason I'm able to get through this very difficult song. M.A.? If you have an M.A., absolutely not. No, M.A. won't do it. It has to be a B.A. <laughs> Your husband's far away. The milkman's here today. You lead him up the stairs and undo your negligee. <laughs> Come on, married couple. We're not endorsing this sort of behavior, you understand. Caroline. You do the... <laughs> milky, <laughs> milky, milky cheese. Is it cultivated? Does it have? That is not what it's all about, Carolyn. <laughs> I like that you lead them up the stairs, undo your negligee, and then there's cheese involved. Yes, Caroline. <laughs> the, the dreamy, creamy, dreamy, creamy. <laughs> all right. Um, let's see if anyone out there knows. Panky panky. Oh, oh boy. How does that relate to dairy? It, it doesn't. That was your brain doing the dairy part. <laughs> I guess it's true. Milkman is a little specific. It could be anybody. <laughs> you take a rabbit out, you make it disappear. You say the magic words, and this is what we hear. Caroline, hokey pokey. Oh no, hocus pocus! Hocus, hocus pocus! pocus. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Well done. It turns out Jason is the winner of this round, and he will be moving on to our Ask Me One More final showdown at the end of the show. What a delightful couple. They're hugging and kissing. Well played. Thank you so much. Jonathan, I'm sure you're exhausted from playing the Hokey Pokey over and tiring. over again. But let's have it one more time. No, I'm just no, kidding. I, no, thank you. Would you like to play something else? Uh, I would. Uh, this is, uh, you know, I, I try to think of songs that are thematically appropriate. So based on that game we just played, this song makes sense. But to make it more interesting, I'm going to mash it up with the theme song to this show. It goes a little something like this. When I get to the bottom, I go back to the top of the slide And I top and I turn and I go for a ride Then I get to the bottom and I see you again Yeah, yeah, yeah Do you, don't you want me to love you? Coming down fast, I'm right here above you Tell me, tell me, tell me the answer You may be a lover, but you ain't no dancer Helter Skelter Helter Skelter Helter Skelter Do you, don't you want me to make you Coming down fast but don't let me break you Tell me, tell me, tell me the answer You may be a lover but you ain't no dancer Helter Skelter Helter Skelter Helter Skelter Thank you. Brilliant. Thank you, Jonathan Colton. Thanks, thanks. On stage right now, we have Rob Jacklowski and Lisa Gargiulo ready for our next game. <laughs> 
Now, this is very special because we know you're both English teachers. Rob, you teach 19th century literature to college students. Lisa teaches mythology to 7th and 8th graders. It's a perfect match. (laughs) There's practically no difference between those two things. It's exactly the same. It's a perfect match for this game that is called Everyone's a Critic. You see, for every universally loved piece of literature, there is someone out there who hates it. Hates it! And thanks to the internet, we get to hear exactly how much they hate it. Thank you, World Wide Web. So we're going to ask you to identify bestsellers and literary classics based on their one-star review on Amazon.com. We've edited them down a bit, but these are actual reviews from real people. Just to make it a little harder, we've removed the name of the author. We should probably say that the opinions in these reviews in no way reflect any of our feelings about anything, not even the game's writer. This is one of the most boring books I've ever read. The only exciting thing in the whole book was when the sharks appeared. I cared so little for all the characters, especially the main character, that I hoped that they were going to eat him. But nope, they ate his stupid Marlin instead. When the reader is hoping for the hero to die, your book sucks. Rob. Old Man in the Sea? Yeah, it is so right. I, too, cannot believe the hype. This is a truly dreadful book full of shallow, unlikable, unbelievable characters. The plot is tortured, like the victims, and the dialogue is so cliche-ridden, it almost rots on the page. I have never read a book where so many cups of coffee are brewed, smelled, sipped, or downed, nor so many cigarettes shared between protagonists. Finishing it was an exercise in Swedish masochism. Rob. A girl with a dragon tattoo. That is correct. I used to feel bad about Sherman burning Atlanta, but that was before I read this book. Though it is very well written, it is very offensive to African Americans, women, and of course, Yankees. Rob. Gone with the wind? (laughs) Gone with the wind. Those cruel and vicious Yankees. You are correct. I understand that autobiographies can be self-centered and (laughs) navel-gazing. But the author is one of the most self-important, obtuse, boorish, annoying cretins ever to put pen to paper. I found the author stunningly unempathetic and uninvolved in the world around her, no matter where she was, under what circumstances, and I too thought that her ex-husband is well rid of her. She has, by the way, since the book's publication, married her Brazilian lover and moved with him to New Jersey. So for all of her exploration, she is pretty much, like the song says, back where she started. Lisa. Eat, pray, love. You got that one. <laughs> did you read Eat, Pray, I Love? I did. Um, I agree with most of the reviews. <laughs> <laughs> it's good, but... <laughs> since a less than one star review is not allowed, this book gets the single star for the cute cover picture of the dog. That's the only redeeming quality of this paltry, overrated book. This book is really about a family of boring mediocrities who just happen to own a dog. One gets the impression that the dog is nothing but a frustrating burden to them. And after reading half of this book, I was convinced the author was incapable of having a loving relationship with this dog or any other dog. Lisa. Marley and Me? Marley and Me is correct. (laughs) Rob is the winner of that round. Congratulations, Rob. He'll be moving on to our final showdown. 
Coming up, our VIP that's very important puzzler is PBS Idea Channel host Mike Regnetta. Plus, we're going to do something impossible on the radio. We're going to play Pictionary. So I ask you this. From 1937 to 1956, Edgar Bergen had a hit show doing an act you'd think was impossible to do on the radio. What was it? The answer coming up in a minute on NPR's Ask Me Another. listening to Ask Me Another. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and exactly one minute ago, I mentioned that for nearly 20 years, Edgar Bergen had a hit radio show doing something you'd think was impossible to do over the radio. For that answer, let's turn to our puzzle guru, Greg Pliska. Welcome, Greg. Thank you, Ophira. Thank you. So what do you think? I think he did a trivia show. (laughs) That is impossible. Impossible. Who would do that for radio? Uh, No, Edgar Bergen was a ventriloquist. And he did a show on... He did on a show on the radio. He started in vaudeville. He had his two dummies, Charlie McCarthy and Mortimer Sturd, and they were given their own radio show, and it ran for almost 20 years. That is the laziest ventriloquist <laughs> I have ever heard of. For all we know, I could be your ventriloquist dummy <laughs> right now. Ha-ha, Mortimer. We'll call you Greg Pliska. <laughs> Ready or not, here are our next two contestants, Sean Patterson and Jonathan Turrer, settling in behind the puzzle podiums. Welcome to you both. Thank you. Jonathan Turrer, interesting last name because you also do tours. This is like destiny. Oh my God. It's strange. New York City tour guide. That is fascinating. You have theme tours. One of the themes is the tour of fear. There's a lot in the city to be afraid of. I agree with you. (laughs) You take the tourists, you're like, don't go down this street. Is that kind of thing? (laughs) I'm going on your tour. That's all I can say. And Sean, welcome. You you have a pretty amazing career as a lyricist. Well, I've not written anything you've heard, so I don't know that it's all that amazing. Hey. It's amazing. Okay? I'm going to do Thank this you. right now for you. I'm going to help I, you I out. Needed the, I needed the encouragement. Yeah. You're doing great. <laughs> what, what are you currently working on? I have a show opening in New Orleans, actually. Look at that. Yeah. Congratulations. You're both wordsmiths in your own way, and that's good because this game is called Taylor Swifties. That's the name of Taylor Swift's fans, right? Taylor Swifties? Uh, it's actually the name of her ex-boyfriend's. Whoa, whoa. No more Taylor Swift jokes. There's, there's just so many of them that many of them are here tonight. That's yeah. why there was that sound. None of them or all of them. <laughs> so, yeah, this game is based on the classic word puzzle called Tom Swifties. A Tom Swiftie features a spoken sentence and a pun which describes how the sentence itself was spoken. For example, I really hate eating shellfish, said Tom crabbily. Shellfish, crabbly. You guys, good. You like that? It's bad. It's clever. It's funny. Yeah, it's funny. So we're going to play the celebrity version of this game. We're going to give you clues to famous people whose names can be turned into adverbs by adding, adding the letters L-Y to their last name. For example, I dated Joe Jonas and Taylor Lautner and John Mayer and Jake Gyllenhaal and Zac Efron and Connor Kennedy and Harry Styles, said... Taylor Swiftly. Yes, because that's a list of Taylor's ex-boyfriends, but he said them very fast or swiftly. (laughs) 
just remember that these celebrities have last names that can be kind of turned into adverbs by adding L-Y to the end. The clues will give you a hint to the identity of the celebrity and the adverbial form of their last name. I hope that makes sense, because we're going to start playing. (laughs) All shock jocks go to the back of the boat, said... Jonathan. Howard Sternly? Yes. Yes, Howard Sternly. (laughs) Xena the warrior princess never has to follow anybody's rules and regulations, said... Sean. Lucy Lawlessly. Very good, yes. I wrote the Joy Luck Club while lying on the beach, said... Jonathan. Amy Tanley? Yes. Tanley, Amy Tan, the author of Joy Luck Club. Here's another one for you. Actually, mad dogs and Englishmen are terrified of the midday sun, said... Sean. Noel Cowardly. Yes, very good. Noel Coward, uh, the speaker of that quote and the author of that lyric. 30 Rock is such a campy show, said... Jonathan. Tina Faley. Tina Faley, yes. Faye being a word that means campy. When I walked on the moon, I could bicep curl six times as much as I could on Earth, said... Sean. Neil Armstrongly. Yes, of course. I want you all to go home and use that word in a sentence. (laughs) Donna Martin, D-O-N-N-A-M-A-R-T-I-N, said... Jonathan? Tori Spellingly. Yes, Tori Spellingly. She played Donna Martin on Beverly Hills 90210, of course. Step right up, step right up. Get your copies of A Brief History of Time right here, said... Jonathan? Stephen Hawkingly? Yes. <laughs> Stephen Hawking, the author of Brief History of Time. No, I deserved an Oscar nomination for The Devil Wears Prada. Not Meryl Streep, said... Sean? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Stanley Tuchely. <laughs> No, I'm afraid that's not correct. Really? <laughs> really? Jonathan. Uh, I've only got Anne hathaway Ingley. <laughs> Shall we open this to the uh, audience? <gasps> Let's throw it out there. Emily Bluntly. Emily Bluntly. Yes, Emily Blunt, the actress from that film. Ophira, do we have a winner? Just by a hair. Jonathan, congratulations. You'll be moving on. Tur, ask me one more final round. That was a close game. Well done to the both of you. Smart. Looking to get that approval from your family and friends that you've been searching for your whole life? Make your mama proud and be a contestant on NPR's Ask Me Another. Just send an email to askmeanother at npr.org or you can find us on Facebook or Twitter. We'll send you a quiz to get things started and with any luck, you'll get the recognition you deserve. Let's welcome our next two contestants, Brian Little and Michelle Williams. Hello. Michelle, clearly you've got uh, some high intelligence. You studied journalism, economics, and Arabic. Do you consider yourself an organized person? Oh, God, no. No? <laughs> no, it's just a mess. <laughs> it's just an entire mess? Okay, I like, how, I like your honesty. How about you, Brian? You design video games. That sounds like organizing chaos in a way. Are you a logical thinker, deductive? 
To an extent, but in terms of keeping things neat and tidy, no. Okay. You guys both are slobs. Interesting. (laughs) Sure. Our next game is called What's Next? Contestants, we'll give you a list of related things or people or whatever, and you have to tell us what's next in the order of the list. For example, if we said red, orange, yellow, green, and you'd say blue, because those are some of the colors of the rainbow. Remember, the winner of this round goes on to our Ask Me One More final round at the end of the show. Washington's birthday, Memorial Day, Independence Day, and... Michelle. Arbor Day? Arbor Day is uh, not correct, although I'm sure it's in there somewhere. Yes, Brian. Labor Day? Labor Day, that is correct. Those are federal holidays in order. Two, three, five, seven, eleven... And Brian. 13. 13, the prime first number. Six prime numbers. That's right. I like that. You got a little, uh, you were pretty sure I was about, that, about one. that one. Yeah. <laughs> Sydney, Athens, Beijing, and Brian. London. London, that is correct. Do you want to tell? Olympic cities. Olympic cities. Not only Olympic cities, but... Uh, Summer Olympic cities. There you go. That's right. From 96 to 2012. (laughs) Exclamation point. At symbol. Hashtag. And... Brian. Dollar sign? Dollar sign. That is right. Those are the symbols above the number keys one to four on the standard keyboard. It's a tough one. The Chamber of Secrets, (laughs) the Prisoner of Azkaban, the Goblet of Fire, and oh boy. All right, these are titles of Harry Potter books, which I know you both know, right? I can can tell you, after the one that you're asking for, it's Half-Blood Prince, and then it's The Deathly Hallows, Uh but but the one one that we're asking for, I can't think of. I know, that's why we wrote it like this. Uh, Michelle, it's any the ideas? one where he's very moody. All I can remember. All right, I know that you guys know it, but uh, I'm gonna. I got it. Order the Phoenix. Order the Phoenix. Wow. That was a deep dive you had to make for that one. See if you know these books: Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, and Brian. X. Uh, this one also is one of the more boring books. Main character, very moody at this point. <laughs> this one where God gets all moody. Very moody. Such a drag. Wandering you around. You should see the review on Amazon. <laughs> Michelle? Oh, God, I was raised Catholic. I should know this. I have no idea. Anyone out there? Numbers. Numbers. Yes, those it's are. A, the, it's the Old Testament, Michelle. It's not, yeah, it's the Old yeah. Testament. It's outdated. Yeah, exactly. Slumdog Millionaire, The Hurt Locker, The King's Speech, and they are silent. <laughs> that is also a hint. I know what you're asking for. <laughs> Do you? Not the answer. <laughs> what am I asking for? The Oscar winner from last year. Ah, good for you. All right. No. Neither of you? Throwing it out there. The artist. The artist. Edward VII, George V, Edward VIII, George VI, and 
Michelle. Edward the Ninth? That, that would seem like a perfectly sane thing to say, <laughs> sequentially. But no, there was no Edward the Ninth. Um, you might just think of something in that list that is now. Elizabeth II? Elizabeth II, that is correct. Those are British monarchs from 1901 to present. Earth, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn, and... Brian. Uranus? Ha-ha! <laughs> yes, it is! Yes, it is! <laughs> You're correct. <laughs> All right, Brian, you won this round. Congratulations. You'll be moving on to our final round at the end of the show. Jonathan, what's next in your songbook series? Well, you know, if we had followed uh, that progression all the way to the end, sadly, we never would have gotten to poor little Pluto, because Pluto oh. is no longer a planet. No, it's not. It was demoted <laughs> to dwarf planet status, which is a status they made up specifically to demote it there. <laughs> this is a song that Pluto's moon wrote for Pluto during that difficult time. This is called I'm Your Moon. They invented a reason That's why it stings They don't think you matter Because you don't have pretty rings I keep telling you I don't mind I keep saying there's one thing that can change I'm your moon, you're my moon We go round and round From out here, it's the rest of the world It looks so small Promise me, you will always remember Thanks. Jonathan Colton. Let's welcome our next two contestants to our stage, Ben Smith and Nicole Holiday. Welcome to the Ask Me Another stage. Ben, you, are you a visual thinker? A little bit. A little bit. Have you ever played Pictionary? Yeah. Yeah, you like it? Uh, okay. Kind of. <laughs> sure, that's okay. That's honest. Nicole, how about you? Pictionary? Player? Terrible. Terrible Pictionary. <laughs> Awful. Not a visual thinker Can't at all. Can't see it for anything. Oh, excellent. This game is called Radio Pictionary. <laughs> Sounds impossible, but impossible is my middle name because Ophira Eisenberg wasn't bad enough. <laughs> Jonathan, can you explain? Yes. Well, I'm going to describe what I'm drawing. <laughs> <laughs> and you have to guess what I'm trying to draw. To keep it simple, I'll be drawing famous corporate logos, as I often do. For example, if I were to draw or describe drawing a large uppercase letter G and then an orange lightning bolt superimposed on top of it, you would say... Gatorade. Gatorade, that's right. And I should mention one, one more thing. Some of these logos are not the ones currently used by the companies. <laughs> but they are the best ones. Okay, here we go. I'm drawing a thick circular black ring with the company's initials in white letters. Inside that is a circle divided into four quarters with the quarters alternating white and light blue. It's an automobile company. 
Nicole. BMW. That's right. <laughs> now I'm drawing a sphere, which is not easy to do. <laughs> I am a great drawer. <laughs> the sphere is assembled from jigsaw puzzle pieces. Each piece has a letter on it from a different alphabet. There's an omega, a W, a Chinese character, an Arabic script letter. Nicole. Wikipedia. That's right. <laughs> nice. This game kind of sounds like you're going into a company to pitch them, uh, you know, you're the designer, <laughs> but you forgot your PowerPoint presentation. Yeah, right. <laughs> so you're like, all right, everybody. I, I wish you guys could see this logo that I drew at home because it is so great. <laughs> I'm drawing another circle. The entire circle is green. There's also a mermaid with very long hair. She has a crown on her head. And also, her tails are next to her ears. Nicole. Starbucks. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I did not know until the show that that was a mermaid in there. <laughs> I am now drawing a football team logo, a circular ring, inside of which and to the left is the team name. On the right within the ring are three diamonds with concave sides, also known as hypocycloids in the drawing business. <laughs> Uh, they're in primary colors. Symbolically, the diamonds are yellow for coal, red for ore, and blue for scrap metal. Nicole. The Steelers. Yes. <laughs> Which I hate, because oh. I'm from Ohio. I was going to ask. You, <laughs> you, were pushing that, you were pushing that button from the, from the second I said circle, so I could tell either you hated them or loved them. All right, now I am drawing this company's logo, which is its two-syllable name. The first syllable is purple. And the second is typically orange or gray. Imagine that there is a hidden arrow pointing to the right formed by the negative space between the two letters of the second syllable. Ben. FedEx. Yes. Okay, now I am drawing this fashion brand logo by drawing two letter C's, except the first C is backwards, and it interlocks with the second like the links of a chain, a beautiful chain worn on the slender hips of a model. Nicole. Chanel. Yes, that's right. <laughs> yeah, well done. Congratulations, Nicole. You have won this visual round of drawing. You'll be moving on to our Ask Me One More Final Round. Thank you so much, Ben. I could tell you knew every single one, and we're just pushing to get in there. So well done. This is NPR's Ask Me Another, and coming up from PBS's Idea Channel, we have Mike Regnetta waiting in the wings. This guy is the authority when it comes to art, philosophy, and technology, and I cannot wait to find out exactly how long we have before we're just brains in jars hooked up to iPhones. Hopefully it's soon. Welcome back to Ask Me Another, NPR's hour of puzzles, word games, and trivia. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and joining me is the host of the Idea Channel series on PBS, Mike Rugnetta. And if you're not familiar with the Idea Channel, it's a PBS web series that will make you smarter, more attractive, and a better person. I hear those things are true. <laughs> Welcome, Mike. Thank you for having me. Hello. 
So, you know, sometimes when I think about PBS, I think of a costumed drama. I think of Nova. I think of Muppets. Okay. And here you are, hip, cool, young, talking about technology, culture, art, philosophy. Is this something that PBS came to you and said, we need this? They gave me a call one day, and the way that I like to tell the story, which is only partly true, but more interesting than the truth. Um, <laughs> like all stories, Like frankly. all stories. Is that one day I was sitting at home working on some commission project that I had, and my phone rang, and it was a DC number, and it was a number that I didn't have in my phone book, and I have a, you know, like as a freelancer, you will know, like if you see a phone number that you don't have in your phone book, you're like, ooh, who's this? And so I answered it, and they were like, hey, this is PBS. Yes, that PBS. We were wondering... <laughs> not the other if, PBS? Not the other PBS. The PBS that you're currently thinking of. <laughs> we were wondering if you were interested in making a web show with us, to which they were greeted with roughly 20 seconds of silence. And I said, yes? <laughs> Question mark? <laughs> and then over the next three months, I worked with them, and then coincidentally, uh, two friends of mine who work in the production company that they had been working with to develop Idea Channel. And Idea Channel, when you know, we were making it sound very highbrow, PBS Idea Channel. Uh, so let's just break down some of the, the things that you are talking about. You know, you're talking about uh, does playing D and D make you a more successful person? Does technology make us happier? What are the similarities between Santa Claus and wrestling? wrestling. Yes, that very one I was really stuff. excited about. That one for like six months. <laughs> I actually said, I was like, I was like, I really want to write an episode about wrestling. And then my producer, Andrew, was like, you know, we could really make that related to Santa. And then both of us looked at each other like, yeah, we can. <laughs> so where do you come up with these themes? I either stare at my bookcase until something just happens or I just read Google Reader. But I don't really read it. I just kind of like scroll through it. And I just kind of like let it wash over me. So, right, you're just hanging out and you're um, surfing and you're playing a little Angry Birds and you're watching a YouTube video or something. Right. I've been playing a lot of Super Hexagon, actually, has been my, my meditative. <laughs> All right, well, I want to talk to you about some of these themes. I find them very fascinating. You're, I mean, you talk... Well, first of all, big question. Technology, this is your thing. Is it making us happier? I don't know if it's making us happier. It's making certain parts of life easier. Okay. And I think that that can contribute to happiness. <laughs> yes. You know, like, I'm happy that, you know, I can order some obscure book from Amazon and get it within two days. Like, that makes me a version of happy. I don't know if that's capital H happy. What is capital H happy for you, Mike? Oh, man. Uh... That's a really hard question to answer. I guess, was it when your producer said, we're going to ma marry Santa Claus to wrestling? Oh, it might have been. <laughs> Give me the best definition, your best definition, for those who require it, of what a meme is. Uh, so a meme, um, we make a joke that a meme is just a complicated name for uh, a much grander and simpler idea, which is an idea. <laughs> there it is. Meme's an idea. Meme's an idea. Done. Really, it's so like the easiest way to describe it is that it is a piece of culture that travels between people in and between generations and that it generally moves faster than genetic data uh, and that you can think of it as the cultural version of a gene, right, which moves through generations very slowly. A meme moves across generations very quickly. You just made double rainbow sound super intellectual. <laughs> <laughs> as someone who is involved in technology and culture and looking forward and philosophy and putting it all together. What's your vision of the future? Are we, I, I joked about heads and jars hooked up to iPhones, but I think that's pretty accurate. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go ahead and agree. Yeah, heads <laughs> and jars hooked up to iPhones. That's end of story. Uh, hoverboards. 
heads in jars uh, hooked up to iPhones on hoverboards, hoverboards with jetpacks. Yeah? Yeah. And how soon are we talking? Uh, I don't know, like mm, 15 years. 15 years? 15. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. Okay, got a plan for that. Do people ask you for predictions all the time? Never. Never? Never. Really? The last time that I really I got asked for a lot of predictions was when I was working for this web show called Know Your Meme, and people would ask if I knew whether or not things would become popular on the internet. Right. And the answer was always no. You know, <laughs> you're just like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm I'm just, know. I'm just does gonna... it have a cat in it? Question number one, is there a cat? <laughs> Question number two, does someone fall down? How are people doing a silly dance? <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Well, here's an idea. How would you like to see how you fare in an Ask Me Another challenge? I, terrified. Uh, terrified. It's terrified? A, it's a quiz written just for you. Does that sound better? Slightly less terrified. <laughs> okay, good enough. All right, well, stand up and take your place behind the puzzle podium because, Mike Rignetta, we're about to test how web-savvy you actually are. So we could certainly not have the former host of Know Your Meme on our show without seeing if you do, in fact, know your memes. So in this quiz, uh, we are going to test you about phrases, images, and videos that have run amok on the Internet. And you'll be playing against a fantastic contestant, opponent. This is Sean Comerford. <laughs> Sean, you're a recent law school graduate. Yes. And you specialize in what? Uh, I studied intellectual property law. Interesting. And copyrights. Yes. When it comes to memes, that could be very interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it could be. And you're also a video gamer, and he's into eSports. Not to be confused with sports. (laughs) So the winner of this will win a special Ask Me Another prize and internet bragging rights for all eternity. In 2011, your Facebook feed might have been filled with photos of people lying face down in strange places with their hands at their sides. Even celebrities like Katy Perry, Kristen Bell, and Rosario Dawson were posting pictures of themselves doing it. What is this fad called? Mike. Planking. Planking is correct. Celebrities are usually the subject of memes, like a picture of a sad Keanu Reeves or a recording of Christian Bale yelling at a cinematographer. Let's listen to another actor read aloud on MTV some quotes attributed to him. This is pretty good. I'm laying on a couch and it says, Hey girls, sometimes I get so sad when we can't watch Golden Girls together. What hunky actor is the subject of the Hey Girl memes? Mike. Ryan Beefcake Gosling. That's right. That's just a little pet name that me and him have, (laughs) you know, together. It's fine. An event at the University of Florida in 2007 turned ugly, which actually happens at every event at the University of Florida. When a belligerent student refused to give up the microphone, things escalated after campus police dragged him away, ending with the student uttering what famous line? Mike. Don't tase me, bro. (laughs) Don't tase me, bro. Uh, All right, how about this? For another point, what politician was the guest speaker at that event at the University of Florida in 2007 that turned ugly? Sean. I'm going to take a stab. Uh, Charlie Crist. Good stab. Incorrect, but a good stab. Mike. John Kerry. John Kerry. That is correct. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. Now hear this. Hello, ladies. Look at your man. Now back to me. Now back at your man. Now back to me. Sadly, he isn't me. 
That's the voice of Isaiah Mustafa in a 2010 commercial titled The Man Your Man Could Smell Like. What product was Mustafa selling? Sean. Old Spice. That is correct. I will say that they did. They got me during for that campaign. I was like, all right, I'm gonna go and I'm gonna buy it. Yeah, sure. I will buy some Old Spice. You're like, I want to be the man, the man that could smell like that yeah. man. Just, man. just for one deodorant. So that was enough. That was after the first one. You were like, wait a second. I just smell like my grandpa. I smell like an old. <laughs> right. There is old in the title. Yeah. In the video game Portal, players must escape from a series of increasingly dangerous rooms. As an incentive, a diabolical voice promises that at the end of the game, there will be cake. But players eventually learn they are racing for this. What difficult truth that has become its own meme. Sean! Oh. The cake is a lie. It's a lie! Some of you know this song from your high school dances. Others have been sent a web link of this 1987 hit. As we all know, that means you've been Rickrolled. The bait-and-switch gag made Rick Astley a household name again. But this practical joke originally involved sending unsuspecting users a picture of what? Mike. A duck. I need a little bit more. A duck, uh, a duck on wheels? There you go. What was that called? It's a duck roll. There you go. All right, how about this next one? The sound you hear is from Charlie Schmidt's video of his cat playing a synthesizer keyboard known as Keyboard Cat. The video was uploaded to YouTube in 2007, but only went viral after a blogger attached it to a video of a man falling down an escalator, because falling <laughs> is hilarious. What was the name of Charlie's cat, who sadly passed away in 1987? Mike. Fatso. Fatso. <laughs> I wonder what that poor cat passed away from, based on its name. Mike, congratulations. You are the winner. Thank you. All right, thank you. But we have prizes. Sean, such an excellent contestant. We have a Ask Me Another Rubik's Cube for you. And also, Mike, for being fantastic in every way and knowing your memes just like you're supposed to. You also get an Ask Me Another Rubik's Cube. Thank you so much. Round of applause for Sean, our contestants, and our VIP, Mike Ragnetta. Thank you, Mike. Jonathan, I know you have a special connection to the video game Portal. I am proud to say that I do. Uh, I, I wrote the song that plays at the end when you uh, defeat the game. Uh, it is called Still Alive. This was a triumph. Making a note here, huge success. It's hard to overstate my satisfaction. Aperture science. We do what we must. Because we can For the good of all of us Except the ones who are dead 
But there's no sense crying over every mistake You just keep on trying till you run out of cake And the science gets done And you make a neat gun for the people who are still alive Jonathan Colton Now it's time to crown this week's grand champion. Let's bring back our winners from the Hokey Pokey, Jason Salisbury. From Everyone's a Critic, Rob Jacklowski. From Taylor Swifties, Jonathan Turrer. From What's Next, Brian Little. And from Radio Pictionary, Nicole Holiday. I'm going to ask our puzzle guru, Greg Pliska, to take us out. I've been wanting to take you out all night. Oh, oh Greg. All of you. <laughs> All right, the final game, contestants, will put you on a highway to hell. It's called ACDC. The rules are simple. All of the answers either start with the initials AC or DC. For example, if we asked you what town serves as the basis for the street names in Monopoly, you'd say Atlantic City. We're playing this spelling bee style, which means you will each answer and rotate to the next person, one wrong answer, and you're out. You'll only have a few seconds to give us an answer, and the last person standing will be our grand winner. We start with Jason. This author of the Miss Marple series is estimated to have sold over two billion books. Agatha Christie? Correct. Rob, he won five Emmy Awards for creating, writing, and producing The Sopranos. Oh, David Chase. Yes, correct, Rob. Very good. Jonathan, this NFL team is headquartered in a suburb of Phoenix. The Arizona Cardinals. Correct. (laughs) Brian, he was the 46th vice president of the United States. Dick Cheney. Dick Cheney is correct. (laughs) Nicole, introduced in 1982, it's the number two best-selling soda brand in the United States. Diet Coke. Correct. Very good. Jason, what first daughter lived in the White House from ages 9 to 13? And I'm afraid time is up, Jason. Sorry. Rob, do you know the answer to that one? Amy Carter. That is correct. That is correct. Thank you, Jason. Jonathan, this popular teen drama on the WB network was filmed on location in North Carolina. Dawson's Creek. Yes, correct. Very good. (laughs) Brian, who is the C in the legendary rock groups CSN and CSNY? Aaron Carter. (laughs) No, no, not correct. Sorry. Nicole, do you know who it is? Crosby? Yes, I need the first name as well. Oh, <laughs> no, sorry, that's incorrect. Rob, do you know? David Crosby. That is correct, yes. So thank I'm you, sorry. Nicole and Brian. Rob and Jonathan are our two contestants left. Jonathan, Toronto Pearson International Airport is the largest hub of what airline? Air Canada. Correct. Yeah. Rob, what comedian has hosted TV's The Price is Right since 2007? 
Don't know. All right, Jonathan, for the win, do you know the name? Drew Carey. Drew Carey is correct. You are our winner. Congratulations, Jonathan. You are the grand prize winner of this week's Ask Me Another. And you have a fantastic prize. You get a session with Mike Regnetta where he's going to teach you everything you need to know to make your own viral video or video that could go viral, perhaps viral, or just hopefully goes I'm viral. Need a cat. He's going to teach you everything. You could be the triple rainbow. Just think oh, about it. Awesome. Congratulations. Well done. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening, and you don't have to let the game stop here. Take us with you everywhere by downloading our podcast. And if you really miss us, you can find us on Facebook or Twitter. Just look around for NPR Ask Me Another. Ask Me Another's puzzle guru is Greg Pliska. Hey, my name anagrams the Sparkle Gig. Our house musician is Jonathan Colton. Launch at Jot Noon. Art Chung. Narc Thug. Is our puzzle editor with additional puzzle writing by Josiah Madigan, Dan Schofield, and J. Keith Von Stratton. Ask Me Another is produced by Josh Rogerson. So jig honors. John Asante and Eleanor Kagan. AMAs recorded by Paul Ruest, Noriko Akabe, and David Hurtgen. Our senior supervising producer is Jesse Baker. Our general manager is Portia robertson Migas. Our executive producer is Eric Newsom. We'd like to thank The Bell House. Hot Heel Blues. Our home in Brooklyn, New York. And our production partner, WNYC. I'm Herripe Begonias. Ophira Eisenberg. And this was Ask Me Another from NPR. Next time on Ask Me Another, we get some parental tips from actor, comedian, and long-suffering father of two, Michael Ian Black. When they say they hate you, it's best to just go, I hate me too. Join Michael and me, Ophira Eisenberg, for an hour of puzzles, word games, and trivia. Game on!